Welcome in listeners to another episode of the Busby Babe podcast. I'm your host, Colin Dams, joined by a room full of Nathan Heinschel, Matt Barnes, and Polly Questel. What is up, boys? You went with our names. I really thought you were about to preface that with a room full of idiots. <laughs> I think that's assumed at this point. I mean, I mean when you say a room full <laughs> of, you, you expect like an adjective, and he was like a room full of, and then it was like our names. I usually just expect this. puns from Colin. Yeah. So if an opposing team scores zero goals and you score nine, it technically you didn't score nine times as many goals, right? Correct. You did not. You, yes. They would you have just scored infinitely one. more goals than they did. Uh, infinite infinity times zero is still zero. So yeah. we we scored. You what? didn't score any multiple. Of what? Quick was. facts. Would yeah. you go with a percentage? Like, do we score nine hundred percent more goals than them? Does no. that still work? No. No. It's anything times zero is zero. They would have needed to score one for us to score nine times as much. Which I think you could argue is the player rating for uh, that first red card from Southampton, clearly. Yeah, I feel bad for that kid. I told Colin this yesterday, dude. I like, Granted, like that was definitely a red, but it was his first Premier League start. I'm sure he was super up for it, and he was just trying to make a play on the ball. I mean, it was a horrible challenge. I mean, he learned, he, he learned his lesson, I'm sure, but... I hate yeah. when things like that happen, but I remember back yeah, we scored to, nine goals, so. I remember back a couple of, not a couple, like 10 years ago, I think we were playing Coventry in the League Cup or something, or we were playing somebody in the League Cup, and their goalkeeper was like a Boyhood United fan, it was like his dream to play at Old Trafford, and like in the mm-hmm. first minute, he got a questionable handball outside the box, and they sent him off, and I was like, that's dumb. This one was a legit red card. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Like, yeah. You can see the uh, yeah. You can see stud marks on Scott McTominay's leg, and I'm yeah. surprised Scott like played as much as he did. Like, good for him, but yeah, I, it does I, it does give him like this very unique stat line now in terms of his Premier League minutes. Of he's played now, he's made two appearances, one start, three total minutes. Like, that's hard to beat. And wow. you kind of, like, I, I don't wish, like, that's a pretty unique thing to go down in your career for. But I, I do hope he does get to play, you know, the rest yeah. of the yeah. I hope that that's not, yeah. it, not not a Moonlight Graham situation. His, his name was uh, Yankovic or something like that. But, yeah. 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 One of uh, Weird Al <laughs> Yankovic. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one of many youngsters uh, forced into action for Southampton uh, as Manchester United beat them 9-0 yesterday. And um, we we took a bit of a mental health week uh, here at the Busby Babe podcast last week. So can't imagine why. Uh, this is our <laughs> this is our first um, episode since before the Liverpool FA Cup game. So just you know, giving some context to how many games have happened since then and how quick the season's going. Um, We've gone through pretty much every range of emotions as Manchester United fans in that time because uh, we faced, you know, the we beat Liverpool, we're flying high, then we lose to Sheffield United, and then a nil-nil against Arsenal. Like, is this really, you know, falling apart around us? And then we go out and score nine goals in a game for only the second time in our history, I think. So, um, tie the league record yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. I think you're breaking that down wrong. I'm breaking it down wrong? Yeah, I mean, you go from the high to beating Liverpool to the absolute frustration of a loss against Sheffield yeah. to the 
frustration. Well, I mean, that was the progression of games, Polly. He glossed over. He glossed In over. Order. <laughs> he glossed over a few others. Then there was the frustration of Sheffield. Then the frustration slash anger slash boredom of a nil nil draw against Arsenal to now a a game where it's kind of flying high that we scored nine goals, but also like. Yeah, we we played 90 minutes against the team with eight men or, or 10 men. Uh, that the finished with nine. Was nine men. So but, I mean, I, even you know, with that in context, we haven't won a game by more than one goal since the Leeds game in the league. So it, it's good to you know get a game where we score this many goals against somebody. I think regardless of the context, obviously yeah, this no, isn't 100%. a. This doesn't, you know, signify a huge growth moment for this team where we're going to go out and obliterate every other opponent. But I do I think, think it's good seeing the ball go in the back of the net. That, yeah, seeing the ball go in the back of the net that many times has to help us. It's yeah. it's a mentality thing that, and they spoke they spoke about this on the broadcast a lot. Um, you know, Liverpool defender Jim Beglin, who <laughs> was very pro United last night, interestingly, um, and. The players talked about it. Solskjaer talked about it. At halftime, it's important. Don't see out a 4-0 win. Go out and and score more. And Jim Beglin saying, go out there and double it. And when United went down to – or when Southampton went down to um, to nine men, United basically complaining, hey, we didn't get enough injury time uh, because we should have scored a tenth. And that's a, that's a mentality thing. And, and I think that's probably why Solskjaer left Bruno Fernandes on the pitch. 4-0 at halftime, that's a great opportunity to get Bruno, who has been tired, off the pitch. But he, he was like, no, I, I want you to go out there and, and pummel these guys because they didn't do that against Sheffield United. They they should have. They, they looked lethargic against Sheffield. They weren't great against Arsenal. So it's the so, first half, dude. We can't come out right on the right foot. If we came out right on, like, on the right foot, I feel like we could challenge for all all the games. Problem is, it's like what team is going to show up in the first half? Because like, because the second half, I mean, obviously we've gone down like a lot of games, and we come back and win, and we come back and win, which is awesome. We just got to show the fuck up at the beginning of the game, dude. Like going into halftime four nil up, like I wasn't, I wasn't bothered at all. Like I mean, obviously I know a lot of people weren't, but like we we don't score that many goals in the first half, and the fact that that was a thing, I think, is a testament how we got to nine. Like because I mean. We don't even get close to that if we don't score score those that many goals in the first half. I mean, I know that's redundant, but no. right. And, and now it's just about repeating that because we 100%. did have another situation 100%. earlier this year against Leipzig. We were up one nil. We easily could have seen yeah. that game out. Oh yeah. And instead, Solskjaer went for the jugular and he brought on Fernandez. He brought on Rashford, and we we took a five nil lead. But how did we follow that up? We followed that up with um, a dull draw to Arsenal, and then a, a week later we lost to Istanbul. And we got the big win against Leeds, and we followed that up by not putting Everton away in a game that we should have put them away early in the League mm-hmm. Cup and leaving yep. it late, and then making, and then drawing against Leicester in a game where we made very preventable mistakes yeah. where we should have won. And so, then, yeah, let's let that second goal in to get a draw. Yeah, Two so points this, right is, there. this is great to that you went out there, you were given a gift in that you only had to play 10 men, and... You took it, and you took it very well, and you yeah. took it better than expected because yeah. nobody really would have said they're going to score nine goals today. Um, it was very good because they did it with – they there were very distinct patterns that they have been showing in recent games where the ball 
where just the ball isn't ending up in the net and they scored a few goals off of those patterns. So it's good to see the ball go in the net on those Rashford's goal coming to mind. So now it's just about take it, maintain this mentality because it's one thing to, to do the job, but we've seen them do the job before. Now we need to see you keep doing the job. Yeah. And, 100%. you know, mentioning specific players, uh, you mentioned uh, Bruno and Rashford, and it was good to see them, you know, get goals and assists after a few games where neither of them were really capable of doing anything for us in the Premier League offensively. But I also, got a question for you about that, Colin. Um, okay. What month is it? February. Oh. So uh, the calendar strikes January, and Rashford and Bruno combine for three goals, one assist, none of which come in, or only one of them came in the league. Right. Or the assist game in the league also. But Bruno mm-hmm. doesn't... And then the calendar turns to February, and just like that, we get a goal, two assists from Bruno, a goal from Bruno, another penalty. Rashford, mm-hmm. I don't know... I mean, how you don't get an assist on that own goal, I don't know why we don't credit that. I don't know why right. Wampasaka didn't get credit for this, an assist on Martial's second goal. But either way, all of a sudden, these guys are producing when the calendar changes. Is that their, you know, Harry Kane, August equivalent, January? Dude, I'm, I, there is no August. logical reason for this, but it happens in across sports. I, don't, I can't explain yeah. why it just happens. Sports, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but moving on from just those two, though, I think it was really important that, you know, I, I said this in just about every group chat I was in, that I wanted to see Ollie bring on. Martial and Donny van de Beek for the second half. And I know you've got some thoughts on Donny van de Beek, but good to see Martial not only score two goals, but, you know, take the ball down and control it in a really tight situation and then blast it in from uh, the first one, at least. Dude, bro uh, should have had a hat pretty trick. Difficult angle. He yeah. should have had a hat trick. Like, like the when he chipped the keeper, he should have had a hat trick. If he, score, if he scores the penalty, which he quote-unquote earned and we can debate about that later but he quote unquote earned he, he got a penalty like he, like that was perfect for him and especially with i'm not gonna go too far into it because this is his personal life but all of the things that are going on in Anthony martial's life is in his his family's life this is a perfect thing for him this is his this is his moment to say yeah i'm here like i and i don't care that we don't care. That like, I'm gonna thrive, even though people are trying to dump on me. And it, like, and it was it was such a good game for a lot of guys. Like, just like as far as confidence goes. Like Dan James got a goal. I don't. Like, all right. Like I was watching the re- replays, and, it, and Dan James gets the goal, and I'm just like, I mean, okay. Like I'll take it. It makes no sense at all. Like I don't know how like that short of a dude can get that open to just nick it in, but. So many of these guys needed confidence, and we got it. And we could go on Van de Beek later, but I, I think that it was. I'm glad that he got as much time as he did because I, I think that I think he's a guy that needs a run of games. But a lot of these guys that needed time to play so they could at least be in somewhat good form in the future. Because I mean, let's be real. I mean, this is a long season, and we don't know what injuries we're gonna get. We need everybody. We need everybody, and the fact that we had an opportunity to get these guys confidence, and I'm I'm just really like I'm just I've been dreaming. I was like, what if Diallo was in that game, dude? Like, what if he was on the bench, dude? That would have been incredible. But the the confidence, the fact that we could put away that many goals, and it and and I'm not having any of this this crap with like the the 
10 men, nine men, like, yeah. Okay. For sure. Like they shouldn't have let in that many goals. And we definitely had an advantage the whole game, but I mean, did the Arsenal game happen that way? I mean, I granted it's not the same. I know it's not the same, but like, that's just, it's just, that doesn't, that doesn't, even though we had people go down and get red cards, that still does not happen in the Premier League very often. A lot of teams, even though they're at the bottom of the table, stay very disciplined. And a lot of times those games can even be scary at points. Like if we didn't get that early goal and we let Southampton get to halftime and it's nil nil, I think it's a sketchy game. I think the pressure digs in and we find a way to fuck it up. If I'm being real, like we have in the past. So, I mean, the fact that we, we said, screw that, we're going to go and score a million goals. Then it was, it was the perfect response. It was the perfect thing we needed to do. And we did it. Yeah. Um, All right, was I, it, was I, it, was I it, forgot uh, what I asked. Was that just a mic drop? <laughs> oh, sorry. I was I was tangenting off of what Polly said. That's my bad. I don't even know where yeah. we're at. I know you were talking about you were talking about the results before. You were talking about yeah, and the, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, getting players involved. Uh, you know, building confidence up. Uh, Nathan, I know we were talking before the podcast about. Uh, which of these was your favorite goal? And we all had a guess in mind, but I'll go ahead. I think we all knew. Now. Well, I mean, what, what, what's your guys' guess? It's got to be Dan James. Yeah, I mean, it was a tidy finish. Uh, you know, it, not something we've really seen from him, you know, in his United career since his first few games. So so that's what we're thinking. We're thinking Dan James's goal was my favorite of the nine goals. Yeah, we, we know. We know. My son, Daniel James. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud of. My favorite goal was Scott McTominay's. Thank you. <laughs> Fucking pure. Just, it was great. Loved but the it. fact that we had to pick and we had to debate that or think that hard Man, about it. Yeah, I love it, dude. Eight goals scored the, by the United nicest part. My favorite. Damn. The nicest, the nicest part about McTominay's goal was not even his shot. It was the pass he played, I believe, to yes, 100%. Greenwood. He set that. Yeah, to start the... Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah, that pa- like he so that was part of the second half is like we we switched into this three seven formation essentially or two one seven formation that left McTominay as the guy just in the midfield as like your quarterback spraying passes around which is what we looked like in the second half against Istanbul and also really weird because McTominay is like the last guy on the team that you want to be the guy spraying passes around to his credit. He tried and like he tried to make those passes. He tried to thread the needle. It's not that's not his game. It's not in his repertoire, but you're not going to get better at it if you don't try to do it. Instead of taking the safe pass, he was trying to do this shit. And when it finally came off on that Greenwood pass, which was gorgeous, Greenwood couldn't finish it. But like he was justly rewarded with that goal for that for that pass, which was very pretty. Also, massive fan of Martial's first goal. Whew. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, I think that, was, that one was my favorite, I think. Um, yeah, oh, man, the, I, the, dude, the chip, I was just drooling yeah. when he tried the chip, dude. I, oh, man, I wish it would have gone in. Oh, it was, it was so close, dude. Oh, man. Yeah. Another thing, uh, uh, I guess, Polly uh, talking about just, like, the quality of build-up play, even. I mean, against a team that, you know, sat back the whole time and was playing, you know, defensively basically the entire game out of necessity 
seeing us being able to break down a team like that, you know, maybe that's not something Southampton's used to doing, but it's still positive, especially after a game against Arsenal where it seemed like the movement was there for us. It's just for some reason, especially Fred and Marcus Rashford, every time they tried to play a ball, they had absolutely no idea where their teammate was going to be or how to get the ball to them, even though they could look right at them. Yeah. And Matt's right. Like that first goal was huge because after the red card, Southampton, they went into a four, four, one, but like they weren't getting forward. They weren't trying to, but they weren't United weren't breaking them down easily. They had that first right away, that initial ball that, uh, I think it was Lindelof played it over the top to Rashford and he didn't shoot, but like look for Bruno on the cutback. And it's like, I'm sitting there being like, just put your left foot through it and shoot. But that's the pattern that they're looking for. Get to the, get to the end line, cut it back. We saw that against Burnley. It, it was just broken up from Greenwood. Hmm. We saw it against Liverpool. Uh, Allison made the say or, or Matip, I think, or not Matip, Fernandinho, I think got a block on it. Uh, we, we've seen this a bunch of times recently and, and the end product just hasn't been there yet. And then they get that breakthrough. They, they basically put all their, like, you would think when we saw the team sheet that Paul Pogba was on the bench and you're like, all right, this is probably because of Southampton's press and Pogba has struggled against Southampton, maybe, um, whatever reason. And then as soon as that tackle on McTominay goes and you're, you're start to watch the first few minutes of this and United are struggling to break this deep block and you're like, you know, we, we need Paul Pogba, but United shifted so seamlessly to whatever their, their game plan was into this now. All right, we need to break down a deep block. Here's how we're going to do it. That it almost makes you think this was their plan all along and that Pogba wasn't so much being rested, but it was, this is tactical. I don't need creativity from my midfield. So you're out today because we're going to have Luke Shaw handle this and Juan Bissaka do it as well. Yeah, and Shaw and can... Doing it brilliantly, too. I mean, Luke Shaw's been on one for a while now, but... I... Dude, so... man was crazy, dude. Yeah. Dude led the team in, in shot creating action. Yeah. He led the team in assists. And he led the team, and he was second on the team in expected assists, and he played half the game. Right. And, Crazy, dude. I mean, that was, so, that was the impetus. Was, everything was coming down the left side, but again, United were struggling a bit, and then they get that breakthrough from the fullbacks, and that, and then after that, they swapped Rashford and, and Greenwood and put Greenwood on the left and Rashford on the right, which I thought was a brilliant move because I think Greenwood's more dangerous from the left as a, as a complete player and Rashford's a much more all around player from the right. And boom, that's how they get there. And they get their second goal at the same thing. Shaw plays Greenwood down and he, he does the cutback to Rashford at the penalty spot. And that's where they get the goal. So that was your pattern right there. And then Rashford booms in that, that cross across, uh, right, right across the 18 that, or the six that Benderak deflects in, but Fred and, and Greenwood were right there on the back post waiting to tap it in. And at 3-0, like, the sales kind of came out of Southampton a bit. And they got rejuvenated at halftime. They played very well coming out of the half. It, it took a moment of brilliance from Bruno and, and Martial to get to finally get United. They really didn't do much the first 20 minutes of the half. Then a screamer from McTominay out of the box. And then once they went down to nine men, then United just ran away with it. But that, the beginning of the second half, like... It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a, oh, United are just going to pile it on. It was more like, hey, we're struggling to break down this 
this low block right now, it's just nobody cares because we're 4-0 up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Telling you, dude, we come out first half, show up. It's amazing what can happen <laughs> if we actually show up for the game. <laughs> oh, man. And it, it's interesting that Mason Greenwood has become yet another player that, you know, looks like maybe he should be playing off of the left because it seems like all of our attackers uh, look great coming off the left. But as you mentioned, you know, Rashford's starting to look really good coming off the right. And the way I saw it kind of through the game and in a couple other games where he's played really well is that he's almost got total positional freedom up, up front, especially when Manchester United have the ball this much. He's just moving to every, you know, every which way, um, not necessarily, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo effect a la 2007, 2008 yet. But, you know, he's got 16 goals, which is, I think, at a better pace or not at a better pace than what he had last year, but at a better pace than he's had. Uh, Ever. In all competitions, he's, he's had a career. he's at a slightly better pace this year than he was ra- than he was last year, and he's producing more. He's got more goals and assists from the right side this or when he's been playing as the right winger than he does from the left side, and he's sort of and that's what United need from him. They like he's not a bona fide out and out goal scorer, so they and he's sort of been trying to become one this year, and that's not making him or United better. They need him to be this all around. I'm going to give you goals and assist guy. I I wrote an article last week and I basically compared him to Wayne Rooney where I said, you know, Rooney was not the two seasons that Rooney was the out and out guy were the two seasons that United didn't win in this seven year period. albeit by a point combined, but his best seasons, his most productive seasons were when he was the clear cut Robin to somebody else's Batman. And, you know, that's basically what Marcus Rashford is. He is, he's not the guy that's going to lead you, but he is a very, very, very good number two. And if like, if your career turns out to be Wayne Rooney, he's like, that's a fantastic career. He's the leading goal scorer for club and country. Um, he's ahead of Cantona now. Yeah. So the other thing I'd like, look at with Rashford is he's sort of starting to, especially this season, he's starting to remind me of Nani when Nani used to play on the left wing versus the right wing. Nani on the left wing was always cut the ball back inside and, and fire that shot from 25 yards out, hope for the top corner on the right side. It was, I'm going to play within the team. I'm going to look for other players. I'm going to look, do I have a shot? Do I have a pass? You know, and looked like a winger. That's what Rashford's doing this year. His passing is down. His passing into the box is down. His um, nobody other than Jack Grealish has carried the ball into the box more than Marcus Rashford. And when he gets that ball on the left side, it's just like tunnel vision. I'm going to run at defenders and I'm going to try to run into the box. And it's, it doesn't work a lot. Sometimes it does, but a lot of times it doesn't. And it, it stunts United. You know, if you look at most of his goals this year, it's mostly just, I ran in behind and somebody played a ball over the top and I ran onto the end of it. But from the right side, it's, he's a completely different player and he's, been much better and i think united as a team are better with him there greenwood we see how often on like when united look to break he's scared to put it on his right foot and he cuts back inside on his left and when he's on when he when united break with him on the left we've saw it a couple of times against brighton this year and last year he's much more comfortable he passes more we know he could cut it on his right and finish so he's but he's 
he passes much better from the left. So he becomes a much more dangerous player. Do we think, guys, that maybe this is like a byproduct of the Cristiano Ronaldo generation? Yeah. Everyone growing up watching, I mean, even Neymar to an extent, because he's been around about the same amount of time in the spotlight of right-footed players who are forward-thinking and like to, you know, cut in from the left. I mean, Ronaldo right. didn't really move. Ronaldo was like a his first three years at United, he was just a right winger. He didn't really right. even pop up on the left. And so go back to those years, 2003, 2004. Like, where did you put your worst player? What, what was the, the joke for ever and ever was you put your worst player at right back because there's less left footers out there and there's just less dominant left wingers. So that's where you hid your worst player. And then Ronaldo used to move over to the left because he could cut in, but also I'm going to pick on your worst player. And that's, you're exactly right, Colin, is that's where everybody in the world is going. Like to look at all those players that come off the left. Now you look at Aryan Robin on the other side left footers coming off the right and and gareth that's bale. why yeah gareth bale uh, at tottenham was a left winger and then he went to real madrid and moved over to the right wing shit did Giggsy when they moved ronaldo to the left dude like it was like go further back dude i he mean was, granted, yeah, it, was, it wasn't, wasn't the, the same, same thing Giggs was, same Giggs was thing, like but. somehow also just like he was like yeah I'll, I'll just do left wing things from the right wing i'll just use my right foot and it was like okay like that's insane that you could do that um, you don't need to. She <laughs> <laughs> wasn't like a cut inside on my left guy, but like, and then, and then that's where, so, so now we're seeing the next stage of the evolution is, all right, you have all these guys that cut in on their, on their inside foot. So where do you get that width from? Well, now that's provided by your fullbacks. And now we're seeing that with Alexander Arnold and Reese James and Robertson yeah. and, and Sean and Wanda like Alex changed the game or something, dude. Weird. Um, Nathan, uh, as a co-member of this, uh, I don't know if we should say Luke Shaw haters club, but certainly. Yo, get up, my boy, bro. Wait, am I a part of the Luke Shaw haters club? Certainly questionable of Luke Shaw as our left back about a year ago. Um, I have no memory of this. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, are you in a similar boat to me now where you've just like fully accepted that Luke Shaw is great? Or are you still kind of like... Look, man, I'm just out here. I'm just so excited for Thick Kings out here thriving, okay? Thick like... King. <laughs> 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 no, I figured out what Chunky does. <laughs> well, figure out what you do. Well, it turns out it's uh, being the best left back in the Premier League, um, at least this season. God, no. Shaw is – I mean, even heading into this season, Shaw was, like, still suffering from all the things Mourinho said about him because the fan base just refused to trust him. I I was sitting here, like, when when we signed Alex Tellez being like, don't expect Alex Tellez to walk into this 11 because Luke Shaw is a crucial part of the team. When, when Solskjaer brought him on for the final nine minutes against Everton – I had people the next day being like, he's out of his mind. Why the hell did he take off Tellez, who's a penalty taker, uh, when we're nine minutes away from penalties? And it was like, oh, because it's an attacking sub, because Shaw's better than Tellez going forward, and he wants to score before penalties. Like, Which now, when we're losing to Sheffield United, it's Tellez off, Shaw on. He He's turned into the fullback that we expected him to turn into. Yeah, well, this is 100%. this is what we've always talked about 
ever since all you know us three and 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 Matt coming back into the fold with the podcast, like we've always said, Manchester United needs depth. There was too many people not scared to lose their positions, and so was Luke Shaw upset? Like, or was he worried about Ashley Young? Like, he wasn't, and so no. you bring in Alex Tellez, who is capable. Um, and I think that probably lit a little bit of a fire under him and he's just been great. And I think what's encouraging too, is he is, you know, knock on the wood of my desk, but not for audio purposes. Cause that would sound terrible on the podcast. Um, I mean, he's playing, he's healthy and like, he's for the most part, he's, he's staying fit. And I don't know if maybe he's like trained changed up his training regimen a little bit, or maybe they've got some new sports med people in there, but it seems like right now, you know, he is, he's just playing consistently because he's not sitting there going, Oh, there goes my hamstring again. I'm out for a month. Yeah. You know, because that's really tough that you to just come back from. Yeah. You should you emphasize that that's what we've, 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 we talk about this on the podcast. When we talk off the podcast, it is definitely not about Luke Shaw. Something that, um, friend of the show and uh you know every man united fans favorite liverpool fan mark kastner said about luke shaw that he's always kind of or says that he's always kind of thought he was a really good left back but now that he bulked up uh, he saw that as an improvement and a conscious you know move to try and avoid more injuries and you know it was something that we all kind of memed almost immediately is that, you know, Luke Shaw's chunky now. And, you know, we've said that on this podcast. But okay. I, I thought that was pretty... That was, I mean, that was a decent out. point. Was he Mkhitaryan chunky, though? No. I mean, look, he, he arrived he arrived at United as a 19-year-old uh, and a very immature one at that with a massive price tag on his head, which did him no favors. And it, it he, he had to learn how... You know, he's 19. He had to learn how to be an adult. He was moving away from home. And that didn't bode well with Van Gaal. That didn't bode well with Van Gaal. It took him a year to settle in, which plenty of players, it takes him a year. And then he started out the next season very well and then destroyed his leg, which is going to take a year to recover from. And by the time he was back from that, he had a manager that seemed to be hellbent on destroying his confidence. And, you know... It, it's and not people a, just forget that he almost lost his fucking leg, yeah. dude. Like he almost lost the leg, not like ability to walk. Like like his entire ability to walk was in jeopardy. And, and people forget that this guy is playing Premier League football right now. Give my guy some credit, man. He was good. He was good that final year under Mourinho. Even under yeah. Mourinho, he went to another level under Ali. Uh, on, when Ali took over and he won player of the season, albeit in a season where basically nobody deserved it. And then last year, he he missed the whole first half of the season. He got hurt in the third game of the year. He didn't come back until December, at which point it was already like Brandon Williams was already pushing Ashley Young. So and then a month later, he you know, everybody's talking by January. Everybody's talking about Shaw being on great form. He's been good for like three years. People did yeah. it, Ethan said, like, it's more just we're now seeing it week in, week out because he's able to play week in, week out. He's had a run of games. And that's yeah. what that's what like for a while. And I think I is it isn't Phil a, a Luke Shaw hater, Colin? Because I'm pretty sure we've had this talk like a million times. Uh that, like, no, I, he's always been kind of like Oh, okay. He's, he's, All right, then he it's just somebody gets else. bad luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's but like I 
the the fat thing is like a really like that's not okay to me. That's that was never okay. Like I I get why people think that, but like he's just a, a you know like he's just a if a, you have me, a medium yet, dude. Our you know, fan base just loves to absolutely destroy our own players. Whether and the more inappropriate it is, the more they freaking do it. It's yeah. disgusting. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Unfortunately, we have a very with the large sample size of United fans, we're gonna have we're, we are gonna have some toxic people. But I mean, look at it this way: is that like Rooney's some not people a just small jealous dude. of that ass, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, look at Hazard. Hazard was pretty good for a little while. He's not anymore. But. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people realize yeah, like there's a lot of wilted power derived lettuce, from your like, glutes. Okay, like you. Want I mean, that who's the most who's often. the most in shape who's the most in shape player on our team? Because he's not the best one with the ball, as Bruno Fernandez would like to remind him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah uh, Luke Shaw, man. Yeah, yeah, dude, good for that guy. Good for him, dude. You, you know, and it's one of those things. Like, I think people sometimes they get into this vortex where they'd rather be right than just be happy. Yeah, hundred so percent. I think people are looking to then nitpick because they have this. They've had this opinion on Luke Shaw, and so maybe it's, it's oh, for sure. It. People it's don't want to admit keep it that like they're wrong. But at people the end of the day, like, yeah. if, if you're actually, like, a, a real United fan, like, just let's all just celebrate that Luke Shaw is playing well and healthy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're Luke, doing well, who cares? Like, Just don't so, let him wear volleyball pants because we'll break the internet. Stop! <laughs> he's, also, he's 25 now. He's 25 now, which just shows how young he was when he got here. But right. you're much, and he's, he's now a father. Uh, you're much more mature now. Like, Colin won't know this because Colin won't turn 25 for, like, another 20 years. But, like, you think back to when I was 25, like, I'm I'm still, like, look at myself as, like, a kid. I'm, like, but, like, definitely more mature than I was when I was in college. And that's that's definitely helped him now, you know, in terms of his day-to-day life and day and his preparation and how and his how he works and, and goes to work every day and, and how he works when he's when he's training and playing. Yeah, just just yeah. call Duff Goldman because Luke Shaw is the ace of cakes, man. <laughs> All right. The title of this podcast is just going to be Luke Shaw's butt. Thick. <laughs> With two C's. Three, 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 my three guy. Z's. He's spelling Luke L U C C now. <laughs> oh my god. Um, it's French. Yeah. On that note, um, I think we are going to wrap <laughs> things up. Uh, so we play Everton this Saturday. Uh, we are going to try and get an episode up. Uh, after that game, before our next game, which Dude, will be... One could say the games are coming thick and fast. <laughs> uh, Wow. Next Tuesday, we play West Ham in the FA Cup fifth round. So, possible reunion with Jesse Lingard, who scored today in his West Ham debut. So. Jay Lings, congratulations. Um, Love to see it. Uh, Yeah, I've been Colin. Say no to racism. <laughs> Back that thing up, Luke Shaw. <laughs>